All right, I think we're ready. And welcome everyone to the February 13th meeting of the Williamson County Commission. Uh, we do have a commissioner who's going to be uh, joining us remotely. And I believe we've got that worked out. Happy early Valentine's Day to everybody. I know several of us, not me, but several got flowers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we thank Commissioner Richards for that. That was awfully nice of him. We also want to thank our sheriff's deputies for being here tonight and their presence. Uh, the first item on our agenda is the invocation and pledge presented this evening by District 4. Uh, the invocation by Commissioner Greg Lawrence, the pledge by Commissioner Pete Stresser. Please rise. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We're thankful for the rights and privileges that all of us enjoy as citizens of this great country, of this great state, and of this great county. We're thankful for the many wonderful blessings that we enjoy as citizens of Williamson County, but we have many challenges ahead. And we are thankful for this great leadership team that you have put together. And I wanna to pray for not tonight for every one of the leaders of our county government, for Mayor Anderson, our, our county mayor who leads all of our departments, that you would give him a special measure, measure of wisdom. For Jason Golden, for all of the administrators, the principals and teachers, that they would have the strength and integrity to be great role models for our children that they work with every day, the, the most precious treasure that we have. And that they would be diligent in their work and educating and preparing their young, young lives for the future. Pray for Gordon Hampton as he leads our Parks and Recreations Department and Mike Madison as he leads our Planning Department and the Planning Commission. Pray for Kathy Montgomery who leads our Health Department. For Phil Mazuka, the CEO of Williamson Medical who takes care of our citizens when they get sick. For Andrea Johnson who cares for and shelters our animals. For Chad Gray our, who administers our elections. For Eddie Hood, our Highway Commissioner. For Bill Jorgensen, our Emergency Management Services Director. For Karen Paris, county trustee and Jeff Whitby who oversees the county court clerk's office and for Sheriff Rhodes and for all of our law enforcement personnel who sometimes are called upon to risk their lives to enforce our laws and to protect our our safety we pray that you would protect them father from evil and that you would uh, be with them and can keep them out of harm's way and we pray that as for all of these leaders as, as we conduct our work that you would give us the a blessing of, of wisdom to be able to conduct our work in a way that pleases you and it is in the name of jesus christ we pray amen i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Next item on the agenda is roll call. If all commissioners have signed into their meeting app, please press your present button. Record the roll, please, Mr. Whidbey. We have 21 present, one remote commissioner 
Urgeons remote and two absent, Commissioner Jones and Commissioner Nations absent. Commissioner Nations is out of town. I believe Commissioner Jones is trying to get here and is just running a little late. Next item on the agenda is the approval of the minutes for the January meeting. Copies were sent out to each of you. I'll entertain a motion. Proper motion from Commissioner Steve Smith, seconded from Commissioner Lawrence. Um, any additions or corrections to those minutes? Seeing none, if we're ready to vote, if you're in favor of accepting the minutes, press your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 22 yes, zero no. Motion passes. Next on the agenda is citizen communications. Uh, we've had five people sign up this evening. Um, the way our rules state, you each get three minutes. I will call you up to the podium, podium in the order in which you uh, signed up to speak. When you do come up, if you'll please announce your name and the city that you live in. We don't need your address any longer, but we do need the city that you live in. So name and city. And the first one on my list is Hannah Grace Hall. I'm Hannah Grace Hall. Um, I'm going to read. Um, I am one of the owners of the commercial property at 5141 Murfreesboro Road. Um, my fellow owners and I are here to voice not just our disappointment, but our concern with the Triune Special Area Plan. Our goal in growth is not to be a chain, but a homegrown experience that serves the public, not just in beauty, but in community. We are already an established business doing this just seven minutes away in Nolansville. By the way, I forgot to say I'm in Nolansville. So sorry, I only said my name. I got really hasty. Uh, we have run and operated this business for five years and executed many incredible community events. We plan to continue that kind of outreach and add value to our community. Upon buying our property with county approval for our salon, we have been frustrated and confused as to how we continue to hit brick wall after brick wall, uh, denying our property's plans. We have worked with and researched with whom it would be best for us to execute these plans. As far as septic design, site engineer, and even down to our contractor, uh, we have sought out the, the best people for quality, safety, and to be above code. Apparently that doesn't mean we picked the best people. Uh, because apparently it's coming down to politics and opinions with whom we are working with. We have been repeatedly denied permits by the septic department with no clear reason why. We have been able to accommodate each of their critiques and ultimately have not been told any rules for our building um, that we would be violating or breaking. It seems as though even in our best efforts and in communication with fellow residents and businesses, uh, the county's goal is to hinder growth um, by denial through unattainable regulations that have no validity. We picked the team for our building and property because we believe that we will bring to the Triune and College Grove area not only a modern, well-done facility that adds value um, and also keeps our small town charm. My goal in speaking this evening is to introduce myself and my team uh, Williamson County and specifically the Triune Special Area Plan has the opportunity to continue growing and bringing wonderful businesses with local residents operating them. 
We uh, don't want to lose the charm and at-home feeling you get from a small town. But what we do want is to add value to the already existing high-end communities and neighborhoods that are there uh, and bring it all together with locally owned incredible businesses. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. Next on the list is Rebecca McCray. Hi, my name is Rebecca McCray and I live in Nolansville. I'm here to talk to you tonight about voting machines and the idea that you all looking, are looking at purchasing some additional voting machines. And I wanted to share with you an experience I had during the August primaries. Um, I'm a registered voter in Williamson County and last August I went to Williamson County um, to the rec center to vote in the primary. While voting, I elected not to vote for an incumbent that was listed on the ballot. Um, there was no opponent for this in incumbent, so I chose to write in a name. Upon completing my ballot, I verified each vote to make sure that it read as I had punched it in, and it did. I then pushed the button to print and verified my printed ballot. When I went to verify my printed ballot, it did not read as I had voted. The person that I wrote a name in for, its name was not there, and the, the incumbent, um, who was the only person running, his name populated the field. So I stood there looking at it confused, and the gentleman um, poll worker came up to me and asked me if there was a problem, and I said, yes, there was that my voting sheet wasn't accurate, that I had confirmed it before I printed it, and it wasn't accurate. And so he had another woman come over to me. I explained again what happened, and she proceeded to tell me that, oh, I must have made a mistake. And I said, no, I didn't make a mistake. I was very deliberate about how I was voting. And there was only one change in the whole thing. Um, she proceeded a second time to tell me that I made a mistake. But this time she at least said, would you like to cancel your vote and vote again? And I said, I most certainly would. So that is what I did. Um, I have, at this point, little to no confidence in electronically voting and even less in the ability for the machines to count our ballots without some sort of interference. I would ask that Williamson County spend zero dollars to purchase more ba uh, ballot counting machines, and I'd like to know what's being done to test the accuracy of our voting machines. And should you choose to purchase more machines, how are these going to be funded? Aren't we currently a billion dollars in debt? Thank you. Thank you. Next up, we have Laura Turner. Laura Turner Franklin. Um, I am utilizing every forum possible to sound the alarm about what is happening at St. Paul's in Franklin. It is said that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I made these comments at 5 o'clock this afternoon at the Franklin Historic Zoning Commission, and now it's your turn. For decades, I've put this proverb into action regarding advocacy and animal welfare, the dangers of uncontrolled overdevelopment, and saving our historic, scenic, and culturally significant landscapes. I recognize that 
you, meaning the Historic Zoning Commission, does not have any authority over properties not in the historic overlays, but I believe this form is important. I never thought I would stand up against inappropriate overdevelopment plans for my church, St. Paul's, a major historic icon in the city of Franklin and the county. St. Paul's is connected to the Perkins family, who are notably important in the history of Williamson County and Franklin. Nicholas Perkins built Montpier in 1821, a National Register site, and I've lived in Montpier Farms since 1984. Nicholas Perkins married Martha Murray, the daughter of the founder of Franklin, Abram Murray, in 1848. It is the first recorded wedding in the register at St. Paul's. The Perkins descendants gave the Christ in the Field of Lilies Tiffany window to the church in Thanksgiving for their ancestors. In 1840, Nicholas Perkins sold some of his land to William Perkins, who sold that land to Thomas Brown, who built Old Town on the Old Natchez Trace. The tapestry of St. Paul's historic and culturally significant history is woven both into the city of Franklin and Williamson County. At the January 29th annual parish meeting, we expected to hear the quote behind the scenes happening Bob Larson, the chairman of the Building and Construction Committee, had told parishioners would be forthcoming. All I could discern was that a member of the foundation was on the committee and the rector closed by stating construction will begin in the summer. I lament to say I will continue to have to be a squeaky wheel regarding the rector's plans to, for this demolition on the historic footprint of St. Paul's. What St. Paul's does affects the city of Franklin and Williamson County. For decades now, out-of-control development has devoured city and county historic resources. St. Paul's short-sighted development will destroy this historic integrity and its, its historic integrity, robbing future generations of its awe. Visionary planners of St. Paul's prepared for its future growth by purchasing the first Tennessee Bank building behind the church years ago. St. Paul's was deliberately kept out of the Hinchyville historic overlay, and I know that the Historic Zoning Commission has no oversight what is done to the church. I just want to think that I'm preaching to the choir about the harm these proposed plans, if executed, will rot not just to the history and her not to just our county and city history but to heritage tourism which benefits both city and county coffers thank you thank you next up is jennifer lee jennifer lee college grove I am here to employ y'all, implore you, to secure hand-marked paper ballots for the best audit trail and to certify our elections by hand count. Our Tennessee Constitution has been negated with these machines put into place, as well as the fact that we're no longer even voting within our pre precincts here. Please do the right thing and return our elections to the way that they were meant to be and clearly laid out in our Tennessee Constitution. I'm a mother of two teenagers, and it's quite terrifying to see our democracy that's starting to crumble before our eyes as these machines have been put into place. Maricopa County is just one example of the abysmal turn of events that occurred because of these faulty and compromised machines. Secure my children's future and the democracy of, the, of our state here in Tennessee, please. Lastly, you still owe we the people and we the taxpayers an estimation 
on the ongoing costs of these machines. Software leases, maintenance, election support costs, storage fees, training fees, the list goes on. And how, will these, how long will these machines last before replacement? This is all in excess of the $2 million that have already been paid over the 40 months. Thank you so much. Thank you. And lastly, we have Ms. Sharon Spiegel. Some of my thunder. My name is Sharon Spiegel, and I'm from Franklin. Tonight, I wish to once again bring my concerns as a citizen about the ES&S voting system, which Williamson County Election Commission has decided to purchase with a majority of the money, I think, coming from the state, probably through the Federal Election Assistance Commission's Help America Vote Act funds, meaning this commission was saved from having to allocate funding for the purchase. However, you as county commissioners still owe us as citizens a due diligence report with cost projections for the upcoming years for maintaining such a system to vote, including software leasing fees, maintenance, our election support, storage, training, paper costs associated with the system, and all the related costs, as well as how long the machines are guaranteed to operate before replacement, since it is the citizens who will bear the cost of this system in the future. I attended the ES&S open house in Williamson County and heard with my own ears the ES&S Vice President of Security, Chris Vlashen, say, and I quote, all voting machines are vulnerable to being hacked. But I want you to know, I want to know if you're aware of what happened at the Davidson County open house for ES&S in January where a young software engineer with a computer science degree was able to look at the ES&S electronic poll book, the same one we'll be using. While holding the electronic poll book, this gentleman saw that it was actually a Microsoft Surface tablet running Windows. Because it was running Windows, he was able to go into Task Manager and determine that the ES&S program was running as administrator, that it was on Wi-Fi, meaning the system could be remotely accessed, that the Windows system running was not up to date, so uh, it hadn't been patched, and was vulnerable, therefore, to hacking, that it would allow for a poll worker to insert a flash drive into the tablet, which could install a virus or malware, and that the system had a special window loaded onto the system for ES&S, which could also be a source to hack. He stated this system is totally vulnerable to cyber hacking and that all Microsoft Surface tablets are made in China. I have already sent you an email telling you that the ES&S scanners we use here are based on a Dell motherboard, which is also manufactured in a CCP-controlled factory in China. The fact that the Pollbook system runs on Windows means that the EAC cannot possibly have certified Windows, because to do so, they would need the Windows source code, and that is proprietary information, which the EAC could not inspect. You, as our county commissioners, must demand answers from our election commission about exactly how they intend to cer cer be certain that the election equipment is secure that we are voting on. I tell you this at a time when we have multiple sightings of Chinese surveillance balloons over our country. They are not our friends. We must get rid of the technology in our elections in order to trust the results. Let's return to a counterfeit-proof, hand-marked paper ballot, which, if counted by machine, must be hand-counted to certify the election and to keep the machines honest, and to get rid of the Obama Internet 
connected voting centers. Thank I you, am Ms. pleading Google. with you to do the right thing, and I appreciate that you uh, allow citizen feedback. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We appreciate your feedback. Thank you. Next item on the agenda is communications and messages. We do have a proclamation to be presented by Mayor Rogers Anderson. Chairman, I'm not sure that person is here tonight. Yeah. Oh, there they are. <laughs> So if you don't mind sharing with them what uh, this particular proclamation is in regard, because I'm going to butcher this sure. name. Go ahead, and then I'll read no the problem. proclamation. I'm Becky Stapleton. I'm from Franklin. Um, this is a proclamation to recognize cholangiocarcinoma awareness month in February. Uh, cholangiocarcinoma is a cancer that starts in the bile duct. It's very rare. Um, 10,000 people a year in the U.S. Uh, get this and unfortunately the diagnosis is in the late stages um, Two out of three people that are diagnosed with it tend to be over 65 year old um, However, I will tell you if you all watched the Super Bowl last night Walter Payton actually died of this at 46 so with that um, we work to as volunteers to build support in our communities and states and drive awareness and hopefully find a cure one day at, at most at least some screening to detect it earlier so all of you should have a copy of this proclamation in here I'm going to touch on a few of the high points that she did not touch on that the organization was actually founded in 2006 in Salt Lake City by a family who lost a loved one and started the foundation to become the leading global resource in research, education, and public awareness. There's about 10,000 people in the United States each year, and almost two out of three people with the disease are 65 years or older when it's found. The chances of survival for patients with bile duct cancer depend to a large extent on its location in advance when it is found. Patients are typically diagnosed at a late stage due to no validity or early method of detection. Symptoms include jaundice, abdominal pain, itchy skin, weight loss, and symptoms that do not usually present an advanced disease progression. The foundation, the research, and the teaching hospitals, the rare cancer advocacy groups, and patient advocacy groups from around the globe around the globe have joined to declare and recognize February as World Carcinoma Month. I, and so it's by the signature that I've got tonight that I've signed it that we acknowledge and proclaim February as the month that we'll acknowledge it throughout all over the state and across the nation. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else you want to say? <laughs> Next, we have reports of county offices. Mayor, before you sit down. 
Uh, we'll have uh, Phoebe present the budget highlights over the last 30 days, and then I'll answer any questions, ma'am. Thank you, and good evening. The first thing I would like to draw your attention to to enter into the minutes, um, in November, this commission approved resolution 11-22-4 to enter into a lease agreement with Apple Financial Services, and this was for laptops, 124 iMacs for the school system. Um, this is a report on the debt obligation. So this is the form that we have to file the agreement was finalized the end of December, and this is the first opportunity we we're bringing this to you. The face amount um, of the final lease was for $277,292. The interest cost or the interest percentage is 2.34. We do have a few good numbers to um, I'd like to share and report with you this evening. For December, our privilege tax receipts and collections for the month were up we, for a total of $1.4 million. This was about $635,000 over the month of November. We also had an increase in our education impact fee. This number was also up over November. We brought in a total collections for December of 1.4 million, and this was up for $332,000 over November. So December for, for both privilege tax and, and, and education impact fee have seen a big jump for the month. We also are happy to report that we have a small profit, um, a profit nevertheless for our Conference Center. So Cold Springs Conference Center also reported a profit. Um, so our, our half of that profit was a little over $9,000. Like I said, a small profit, but nevertheless, we are up in all three of those to report for this month. Is there any questions at this time? Seeing none. Nope, sorry. We do have a question from Commissioner Sanford. I'm sorry. Oh, you didn't? I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> And no questions at this time. Chairman, I'll not have anything else to report unless you have some questions. Questions for the mayor? Seeing none. Before I bring up Superintendent Golden, I did fail to ask the commission if uh, everyone was okay with a late filed resolution that we have at the end of our docket, uh, Resolution 22316. If there are no objections, we will hear that. Uh, at the end of the meeting. Seeing none, we will hear that resolution. Uh, Superintendent Golden. Thank you, Mr. Chair, and uh, thank you, Commissioners. Um, Want to let you know that we do have one item on your agenda tonight. It's moving uh, moving funds from from one particular line item to a number of others to reflect the the accounting requirements for the pay raise that went into effect on July 1st. Um, also, uh, the sheriff's department has near the end of your agenda an item related to a therapy uh, dog, and uh, we know that 
the schools will be one of the main beneficiaries of that. So I wanted to make sure we pointed that out, even though it's not technically one of our items. So I want to thank the sheriff uh, for his work in that and for the folks who are working to find ways uh, to help us continue to, to serve our students better. I also did want to let you know that we are in the middle of our strategic planning process. A number of you have participated in, in some of our recent planning sessions, so I thank you for that. Um, we are having community meetings along with meetings with students, with uh, PTO presidents, uh, with, with many of our teachers, uh, business leaders, multiple stakeholders across the county as we go through the process of setting up a five-year strategic plan. Uh, beginning with the end in mind, we're shooting for May uh, as a time for our board to, to uh, vote on a new strategic plan with specific goals. Right now, uh, we are going through a, a, a pretty deep and thoughtful brainstorming process with our stakeholders. Uh, we have two more community meetings scheduled. They will be next Tuesday and Thursday, February 21st and 23rd at Fairview High School and Mill Creek Middle School, respectively. So certainly welcome you there. And those of you who've participated so far, very much appreciate uh, your participation. Um, and that is my report for today. Certainly open to any questions. We have a question from Commissioner Tunnicliffe. Jason, can you uh, give an update on your trip to Arizona and who went with you? I know that uh, one of the school board members went with you and she's done that, I think, five trips on her own nickel. So I'm very appreciative that she gives that effort out there. Sure. Um, every couple of years, every other year, the uh, um, Chamber of Commerce will schedules, schedules a, uh, a study of a particular area in the country, high growth, uh, perhaps an area where we can learn from. Uh, so it's, a, it's many participants. Uh, I've gone to two or three of them over the last 10 years or so. Um, and many business leaders in the community have, many municipal leaders, et cetera. Uh, this particular uh, visit was to Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, and it has a lot of similarities to Williamson County. It's grown a little faster, as I understand it, in the past. Uh, and we went and transportation, education, uh, and, some, and some other key areas for the community. Uh, for us as the school system, uh, it's valuable to see what similar communities are doing to grow. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, maybe there were 96 community leaders uh, across the county uh, who participated in that. I'll give you a little example of the school. We studied a, uh, a school district um, based on the model in Metro Phoenix, Arizona, where the career technical programs overlay smaller school districts just for CTE programs in a single school district. The district we studied served 11th and 12th graders from other school districts with consolidated career technical education programs. The, the logistics of it in that full model might not work for us because of the, the geographic size of our district, but we found some nuggets that we could borrow. Uh, so each time we find um, those opportunities to look at best practices and find ways to help us serve our community better. We did have one board member uh, attend this year, um, and uh, we actually have uh, professional development time budgeted for administration. We have not included in the budget that trip for board members, and so that was not funded by the county. Any other questions for Superintendent Golden? I see none. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have uh, Mr. Phil Mazuka. 
I just have to do this when Jason walks away. <laughs> Mr. Chair, uh, Board of Commissioners, uh, we do really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to visit with you. I'm going to give you a brief general update and then Mike will give you the quick financial update. So first of all, Janu January was really uh, busy for us. Uh, and we, on the 17th of January, had a couple things happen. One, we launched our new brand, Williamson Health. We thought it was time really to talk more about just being a hospital and really being the health system that we are for Williamson County. We've identified that we're in over 30 places in this county, whether it's the hospital itself, medical practices, outpatient PT, EMS, whatever it may be. And it was really time for us to refresh and to really describe who we are uh, in this community. On the same day, we, uh, oh, we uh, opened our new uh, cardiac cath lab. And this is a state-of-the-art cardiac cath lab. I don't believe there's any better in the area. And our cardiologists are really excited about it. Also in January, we uh, started doing our uh, pediatric echocardiograms. Uh, this, we've been working on this for a few years with Vanderbilt to be able to do these for inpatient pediatric patients uh, needing echocardiograms rather than transferring them to downtown. And, we, and we've uh, done already our first uh, pediatric echocardiogram, so I'm really excited about that. The month of February is National Heart Month. And I just want to let you know, one of the things that we have promoted this month for Heart Month was we're offering calcium scoring tests to the community for $50 total. That includes physician read and everything. When I was doing this 10 years ago, we were charging $99 as a special 10 years ago. So this is not something we make money on. We don't even cover our costs, but we think it's important for the community. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's about a I would say four minute CT of your chest that shows whether or not you have calcium in the coronary arteries. And I know several occasion, occasions over my career, uh, people have felt perfect, gone and got these tests, and some of them had significant plaque in their coronary arteries that they wouldn't have known before. So being Heart Month, if you guys haven't gotten anything for your loved ones for Valentine's Day, you might want to get them the gift of life. <laughs> so on top of that, I want to just talk a little bit about uh, our project. It's getting really exciting at this point. If you haven't driven by, the steel really is well on its way for the tower. Uh, we'll start to see steel for the north wing of the tower going up starting March 1st, and that steel ultimately is finished in May. But also in May, we open, uh, we'll get our CO for our new postpartum area that we've been building out in a current shell space in the, in the west tower. And we'll also open in May, I think May 9th, we're expecting to get the CO for the expansion part of our emergency department. I mean, this is pretty significant. It's been very disruptive for traffic and visitors uh, going in and out of, the, out of the ER. But when this new area opens, we'll be able to use that new waiting room, the new part of the ER, and then we go back into the ER to do eight more phases over the next year. So these two things, this postpartum area that OB doctors have been waiting for for a long time, and the ER expansion, at least the expanded part, uh, it, they're both going to open in May. So we're really excited about that. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Mike to give you a quick financial report, and then we can take any questions that you may have.
<clears throat> Thanks, Phil. Good evening. Uh, my reports for December, Phil talked about January and February, but our, our numbers are uh, reported, the ones you have in your package. I just want to touch base or touch on the uh, financial statement highlights. Um, as we talked about last month when we were here, that we thought December was going to be a good month for us. It typically is with uh, patients meeting their deductibles and so forth, so they want to get the procedures done. And you can see on the, uh, the key uh, stats on the bottom of the page that we exceeded all of our, our averages, so we had a positive month there. Uh, those positive stats generated um, about $28 million in net revenue, about a million five more than our, our budget. Unfortunately, with, uh, with that volume, uh, our costs are up as well. So operationally, we pretty much came in where we thought we would. We had some good non-operating revenue, being interest income and so forth. You know, the interest rates have gone up, so that's really helped us. Of course, our expenses did too as well. But um, you can see from the balance sheet side, oh, we ended up a million, million five, about $800,000 ahead of where we had budgeted. Um, we didn't have any ARPA money recorded in December. We, we uh, booked a little bit in January this month, the last bit that we had uh, from the county. Um, we had uh, roughly um, almost uh, $40 million in our operating account. Um, you see that we had a strong collection month. We've had two months of really strong collections. Uh, we had 21 collection days in December, which is good. Um, that goes down in January, down to 20, and you know, we. Uh, Obviously, we, we do well per, per day, so the, the more days, the better we're going to have. We're not going to do a uh, – February is going to be only 19 days, but we'll make that up in March for us. Um, and uh, you can see our, our day's cash on hand, excluding our bonds, is, came in at 99. We have a covenant at 95, and our debt coverage at 3.24, uh, well above our 1.5 debt coverage ratio uh, requirement. So overall, I think uh, December was a really strong month for us, um, keeping our fingers crossed that we can do the same in January. Any questions for me? Questions for Mike or Phil? I'm not seeing any. I'll make one more comment. COVID, flu, and RSV is very low. So that's very positive for the community. Gentlemen. Any other county offices wishing to report at this time? Seeing none, on to elections and appointments. We have nominations to vote on for the Agriculture Committee. There are three terms expiring and three nominations. These are two-year terms each expiring in two of 25. Uh, term expiring Devin Gillum. Nomination Devin Gillum. Term expiring Amy Tavillin. Nomination Amy Tavillin. And term expiring Commissioner David Landrum. Nomination Commissioner David Landrum. I'll entertain a motion. Motion made by Commissioner Guffey, seconded by Commissioner Herbert. This will be a voice vote. Any discussions? Are we going to do he said voice vote? Okay. I'm told it's a voice vote. All those in favor signify by saying aye. aye. Any opposed? Nominations are accepted. Next on to the consent agenda. Um, this was in your packet. I'll entertain a motion. Oh, do we need a vote? Well, let's say she has to vote. unanimous. But she has to vote it because it's in the machine. And so she's well. got to go in and vote everybody before she can go to the next thing. <laughs> okay. You want to go back and vote in then? No, no they oh. just did. She okay. filled it in. I got you. Consent. <clears throat> okay, now we're looking for a motion for the consent agenda. 
moved uh, online. We have a motion from Commissioner Sanford and a second by Commissioner Matt Williams. Any discussions on the consent agenda? Seeing none, I assume you're ready to vote. If you're in favor, press your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Motion passes. There is no new business, so on to appropriations. First resolution, number 223-1. Resolution for an intercategory adjustment for an approved raise for the 22-23 budget year. Proper motion made by Commissioner Jones, Ricky Jones, seconded by Commissioner Steve Smith. School board was 12-4-0 against, education 6-4-0 against, budget committee 4-4-0 against. Explanation please, Commissioner Jones. This is where we need to move the uh, raise from one category in the school budget to another that was passed at the last county commission meeting. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor, signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution 223-2, resolution authorizing the Williamson County Mayor to enter into an agreement with the State of Tennessee Department of Military Tennessee Emergency Management Agency to reimburse multiple funds by $347,000 $347,500.32. Funds to come from the federal pass-through grant. Proper motion made by Commissioner Guffey, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Law enforcement was, and public safety was 540 against. Budget committee 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Sanford. Williams County Emergency Management Agency received the pass-through grant from the State of Tennessee Emergency Management Agency in the amount of $347,532.32 for the reimbursement of costs incurred from responding to a FEMA declared disaster. Uh, the county will not have to match these funds, which is a good thing. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution number 223-3, resolution appropriating and amending the 22-23 archives budget by $22,000, revenues to come from the archives and records management fee reserve account. Proper motion made by Commissioner Herbert, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Budget committee was 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Herbert. This is to purchase additional storage boxes for the county archives or special boxes so that the uh, records don't, don't deteriorate. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 21 yes, 2 no. Resolution passes. Resolution 223-4, resolution appropriating and amending the 22-23 library budget by $140,249.52. Revenues to come from donations, contributions, and fines. Proper motion made by Commissioner Paul Webb, seconded by Commissioner Tom Tunnicliffe. Library board was 940 against, budget committee 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Webb. Lights on. 
reading programs and other items that are necessary. Typically, the uh, friends has programs available to them. That's how this works. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whidbey. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution 223-5, resolution appropriating and amending the 22-23 juvenile services budget and employee benefits budget by $65,648.80. Revenues to come from unappropriated county general funds. Proper motion from Commissioner Guffey, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Law enforcement and public safety was 540 against. Human resources, 440 against. Budget committee, 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Sanford. Been amending the juvenile services budget to allow for two additional detention officers due to the increase in number of children being held and the seriousness of mental health issues that they may have. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whidbey. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution 223-6. This one does have a typo in the first and second whereas. We are going to remove uh, the words and food. Resolution appropriating and amending the 22-23 Sheriff's Office detention budget by $500,000 for medical services. Revenues to come from unappropriated county general funds. Proper motion made by Commissioner Tunnicliffe, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Law enforcement was 540 against. Budget committee 440 against. Explanation please, Commissioner Sanford. This is to increase the sheriff's office budget by $500,000 to pay for inmates' health care, which is mandated by state law. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor, signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution number 223-7. Resolution accepting a donation of $2,000 for the purchase of equipment and supplies for the Williamson County Sheriff's Office and appropriating and amending the 2223 Williamson County Sheriff's Office budget by $2,000. Revenues to come from donations. Proper motion made by Commissioner Tunnicliffe, seconded by Commissioner Sturgeon. Uh, law enforcement was 540 against. Budget committee 440 against. Explanation please, Commissioner Sanford. Mr. Glenn Reichert, a resident of Williamson County, has made a generous donation of $2,000 to the Sheriff's Office to use as they see fit. We want to thank Mr. Glenn Reichert for this generous donation. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? If you're in favor, please signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution 223-8, resolution appropriating and amending the 22-23 Parks and Recreation Department budget by $185,000. Revenues to come from participant fees. Proper motion made by Commissioner Matt Williams, seconded by Commissioner Jennifer Mason. Parks and Recs was 440 against. Budget committee was 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Stresser. Uh, these were funds that weren't uh, anticipated in the budget process, and basically you have participant fees coming at 185000 Those are put back in to needed supplies and paying the instructors. Any questions? 
Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor, signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. I think we've got a special guest that just arrived. <laughs> resolution 223-9, resolution appropriating and amending the capital improvement plan 2223 parks and recreation budget by $70,000, revenues to come from privilege tax. So, uh, proper motion made by Commissioner Mary Smith, seconded by Commissioner Matt Williams. Parks and Recs was 440 against. Budget Committee 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Stresser. Uh, basically, these are the mowers that are used to maintain the, the fields. Uh, they're looking to replace 10 of them. Uh, they're all from 2015. There is a regular maintenance program, uh, but it's been determined that these need to be replaced at this time and, and to come in uh, hopefully by this summer. I have a question from Commissioner Richards. Yeah, isn't this something that should come out of the regular budget? Um, it, it, is this a surprise to them that, that these are due for replacement? I don't know if, well, if you, you want Director to, Gordon Hampton. I don't know if it was a surprise or not. I don't think it was. Yeah, this is, this is typically something that we use our privilege tax for. Uh, we have this, uh, we have capital expenses that come out of that every year. And when we did our surveys going into this summer, we realized that with the delays in getting this type of equipment, if we don't order these now, we won't have them when we need them. So this is uh, just basically something that fell through the cracks, but we do have the revenues through privilege tax, and this is what we use those for. Any other questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution 22310, resolution appropriating and amending the 2223 Parks and Recreation Department budget by $80,000, revenues to come from participant fees. Proper motion made by Commissioner Greg Sanford, seconded by Commissioner Matt Williams. Parks and Rec was 440 against. Budget Committee was 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Stresser. They're basically ticket sales. And so when they have uh, performing arts uh, uh, events at the theater there's a rental fee that the different groups pay but when they uh, sell the tickets it's just a pass-through so you basically see the money come in for the tickets and then they're just passed on to the organization that had the event at the theater any questions seeing none are we ready to vote all those in favor signify by pressing your yes button any opposed your no anyone wishing to change their vote please do so at this time Barb Sturgeon. Is she able to hear me? Oh, there you go. Okay. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whidbey. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution number 22311, resolution appropriating and amending the 2223 Parks and Recreation budget by $81,832.37. Revenues to come from donations. Proper motion made by Commissioner Mary Smith, seconded by Commissioner Tom Tunnicliffe. Parks and Rec was 440 against. Budget Committee 440 against. This one goes to, yes, explanation please, Commissioner Stresser. Uh, basically, again, revenues that weren't anticipated in the budget process. There's a few line items here uh, that you can break out when you take a look at this. 
Uh, the largest line item is the top one, which is donations from the community youth associations. These are basically user fees for the different sports programs. And then uh, the, the second line item, you have some donations that you can see in there. And then the third probably requires a little bit of an explanation. When some of these youth associations want certain things, such as a storage building, they can pay for it and kind of pass that through Williamson County. So basically all these funds come in on the revenue side, and you can see they were used for very typical things, such as scorekeepers, maintenance, buildings, lawn products, and all that. Any questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whidbey. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Resolution 2-23-12. Resolution appropriating and amending the 22-23 Parks and Recreation Department budget by $40,000. Revenues to come from participant fees. Proper motion made by Commissioner Lennox, seconded by Commissioner Tunnicliffe. Parks and Rec was 440 against. Budget Committee 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Stresser. This one's very simple. This is basically when people pay for uh, different activities through Williamson County and it's canceled or they don't end up following through with it. So it's basically just refunds. So you have the money that comes in and then the money's refunded under the expenditure line. I believe we do have a commission uh, question from Commissioner Sturgeon. Commissioner Sturgeon, I'm here, uh, so I don't know where I'm supposed to be talking to, but I'm looking at your spot. Here we go. Can you hear me? We can now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just struck me that $40,000 for cancellation fees is an awful lot of money, and it's probably not even for the entire year. And I'm wondering what our cancellation policy is that, I mean, people can register and then just get their money back so commissioner we have money in our budget for cancellation fees uh, and it's a line item that we you know pay these out of we have over 67,000 account holders in active net that it sign up for everything you've seen our you know our uh, program activity guides and you know all the stuff that we do so when we during the course of the year people will sign up and we do have a cancellation policy but for any number of reasons people do have to back out of the commitments for any number of reasons as it relates to schedules health reasons children changing their minds uh, but this is this is money that comes in and money that goes back out it does not cost the county anything to do these refunds Yes, we in many of the activities that we have, we do have waiting lists. So we're able to uh, place take someone off a waiting list and place them into the vacated spots. Yes. Two week limit how, or any limit? How far in advance can they cancel? Well, it, it really depends. Well, I mean, we're pretty flexible you know if someone calls in and has a legitimate excuse um, we are going to be able to work with them and once again you know we don't feel like it's our responsibility to take their money on something where they have a legitimate reason to take it back or get get refunded for it 
and and we do have so many people that are in waiting lists that we're you know we're glad to to turn that around so that they can be satisfied with uh, receiving their money back and then we you know fill that spot with someone off a waiting list you're welcome Gordon. any other questions seeing none are we ready to vote all those in favor signify by pressing your yes button any opposed your no anyone wishing to change their vote please do so at this time record the vote please mr whitby 23 yes zero no resolution passes resolution 22314 resolution appropriating and amending the 2223 county clerk's budget by fifteen thousand dollars revenues to come from the reserve account Proper motion made by Commissioner Herbert, seconded by Commissioner Tunnicliffe. Budget committee was 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Herbert. This is printers and uh, supplies for the county clerk's office, and it'll be paid for funds that's, that they have gotten from existing filing fees. Questions? Commissioner Sanford. I just have a quick question. When it says reserve account, whose reserve account? Jeff, is that yours? Yes, it's our. It's a two-dollar fee that we get. That's uh, specifically for computer technology uh, supplies and stuff like that. So yes, sir, it comes out of our. It, it comes into us for us, and then we're just asking to get it back. Thank you. Yes, sir. Any other questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor, signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. Under other, and this should be a fun resolution, resolution 22313, resolution accepting a donation of a law enforcement trained Legato Romagnolo K9 from Nashville K9 LLC on behalf of the Williamson County Sheriff's Office. Proper motion made by Commissioner Mary Smith, seconded by Commissioner <laughs> Matt Williams. Law enforcement was 540 against, budget committee 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Sanford. So Ali Himyari, owner of Nashville Canine LLC, has graciously donated, um, I'm not going to even pronounce the dog's name, um, known as Bolo, uh, for the sheriff's office to use in the Williams County School System as a emotional support animal? Therapy dog. Therapy dog. And Bolo is somewhere back there. Bring him up to the front for us. Any questions? We certainly appreciate Nashville K9 LLC for donating Bolo to Williamson County Sheriff Department. We thank them for that. I think I do have a question from Commissioner Mary Smith. Not a question. Well, I guess it is a question. How do we get one for the commission? <laughs> you got to ask Ollie, I guess. Okay, I'll do that. We can bring it. Yeah. If you want to have him at a commission meeting. Oh, yeah, I'm a dog person, so I'd love it. Oh, I love his badge. I like it. <laughs> do we get to pet him before we vote? <laughs> <laughs> it might change my vote. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote on Bolo? If you're in favor of Bolo, signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. 
Anyone wishing to change your vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. It's to stay. Resolution passes. And then finally, the late filed resolution, resolution number 22316, resolution authorizing a cooperative service agreement between Williamson County, Tennessee, and the United States Department of Agricultural, Animal, and Plant Health Inspection Wildlife Services. Proper motion made by Commissioner Ricky Jones, seconded by Commissioner Matt Williams. Budget committee was 440 against. Explanation, please, Commissioner Jones. Yes, this is uh, an agreement between Williamson County and the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture, Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service at our landfill. And if you have any other questions about this resolution, Mac is here. Any questions? Got a question from Commissioner Sanford. Are, is Williamson County paying for part of this or no? Just doesn't say on here. Yes, we <clears throat> we pay for their uh, materials and supplies and their manpower and their labor. So it's roughly sixty-eight hundred dollars a year. Sixty-eight hundred dollars a year. Thanks. The operating budget, correct? So it's not a new expenditure. Correct. Any other questions? Seeing none, are we ready to vote? All those in favor, signify by pressing your yes button. Any opposed, your no. Anyone wishing to change their vote, please do so at this time. Record the vote, please, Mr. Whitby. 23 yes, zero no. Resolution passes. I'd like to thank all the department heads for coming out tonight and once again thank the sheriff's deputies for their presence as always. Is there any other business to come before this committee? We are adjourned. We are adjourned. Should have said at 8.15. <laughs>